Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone and thank you for waiting. Sorry for the delay. Um, I'm here live on Friday Night Live with uh, Mufti Abdul Wahab at Nifta headquarters. And Assalamu alaikum everyone. Assalamu alaikum, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, we're good. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, Bajan, how are you like my new setup? Does it look good? Your new setup looks good. You're trying a little hard, but you know, you're doing me for sure. You know your, better than mine. your backdrop is way better than mine. You know, I still look better than you. Of course, of course. <laughs> Imam, how are you doing? Assalamualaikum, Imam. Assalamualaikum. Imam, how are you doing, Imam Khalid? I think he's stalling a little bit because of probably he's traveling. But we'll wait for him to come back. Everyone, I want to welcome everyone in the meantime. As you all noticed, Mufti Abdul Wahab has a little uh, fancy backdrop there now. Uh, updated his whole look. But um, here I am. I want to welcome everyone. Friday Night Live with you. Welcome to the Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum I'm so sorry about that. No worries. How are you doing, Imam? Good. Alhamdulillah. How are you all doing? Alhamdulillah. Mufti Wahab, you know, your relationship with Mufti Wahab, I get jealous. You guys are so close contact each other, keep in relationship, and me, you know, ignored. Oh, man, mashallah. I'm just, I'm, I'm using him to get closer to you. Don't let That's him know. Exactly, Bajan. That's yeah. all. Imam, you read my mind. Bajan, he just, I'm just a wasila to you. No, man, I'm not, I'm not the muntaha. I'm just, the, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, oh, the, I'm the shallow brother. My kids are here. They wanted to say salams to you guys as well. Say salam alaikum. Hey. So awesome, guys. You guys are looking cute, beautiful, mashallah. I see it's your Korean mask. I see your mask. Yeah, we're still okay. in COVID, COVID social distancing mode here. So. No, you're doing the right thing. Allah keep you safe. Imam, tell us where you are and where you're going if it's not personal. Uh, so I had some uh, scheduling conflicts. Uh, your brother, mashallah, is very flexible and understanding um, on his end. So we're trying to, we thought that it might be better to be moving away from the gathering that we were at to um, avoid like the background noise and things. But we were in Queens um, at Flushing Meadow Park. Uh, we're headed back into Manhattan now, into the city, alhamdulillah. Are you going down, are you going to uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Tunnel and those big bridges? What are you doing? Uh, we're on the LIE. We're gonna go probably through the Brooklyn Bridge or the Williamsburg Bridge into Manhattan. We'll see, inshallah. MashaAllah. That's it. Imam Khalid is coming out from Manhattan, Times Square, and Queens. Queens. <laughs> no, we're just, we're just in simple Michigan. You're, man. Saying, we're just... you're saying every place you know in New York. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever comes to his head, Imam, you know how it is. Yeah. I, I know I know New York a little bit, you know, but um, not that well. But I just want to thank you for joining us, taking all the time, and thank you for having me. The community here at Miftah, all around the world, really like you, love you, they admire you, and I'm sure all the good work that you're doing in New York, people are are praying for you and um, making love for your family. May Allah reward your wife, your children for the time that you dedicate, and I'm sure they're always helping and supporting you. So Mufti Abdul Wahab, um, we want, I, I, like, I like to have Khal, Imam Khalid do, take care of this whole thing. Everyone wants to hear him. So what's what's on the schedule today? So, so I think with Imam Khalid, you know, with the, with the situation and limited time that we have, we want to jump right into 
Imam, so just the, we we had we had a talk right before this. So the general background of uh, of these sessions is to get a little bit of personal, um, you know, inside view of the of the of the guest scholar slash speaker. Um, today, you blessed with your with your presence. So we want to talk a little bit about your background, Imam. I mean, everyone enjoys your talks, your your style of speaking, right, Bajan? You know, like the Imam style of speaking is very unique. But you know, where did you where did you start from, and where are you from? That all that stuff is still ambiguous to most people, and and we want to we want to open it up. You know, we want people to know uh, the, the 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 light side behind the the, the, the stern and straightforward Imam Khalid Latif. I, I, you know, since oh, you're man. asking this, why not we just interview his kids? Ask his kids, <laughs> how's his dad? Is his dad nice? Is he mean? Is he funny? Oh man, I'd be scared of the answers that come out of. I don't know if anyone. <laughs> So, you know, Imam, right, right, so if we right into it, Imam, you, you, are, you were the first chaplain for NYU. But prior to that, you started off your journey at another Ivy League university, right? And how did that happen? Like, did you grow up wanting to be a chaplain? And if you did, how did that happen? Because nowadays chaplaincy is a real thing. Everyone knows about it. It's become more of a, a, of a trend. But at your time, it wasn't a trend. Neither was it a thing, right? So how did it happen with you, and where did that start from? And I, I want to just ask, add something to the Mufti Sab. Imam is not ordinary chaplain, mashallah. He is actively involved on the ground. I'll have just the audience to know that, mashallah. Alhamdulillah, Yeah, I mean, you know, it was something that kind of just came out of, out of nowhere. Uh, I started working at NYU in 2005, um, and then in 2006, I did a year part-time at Princeton University and at New York University. And then at the end of that year in 2007, uh, I started full-time at New York University with our Islamic Center there. Um, but a lot of it just kind of lined up in, in certain ways. Uh, alhamdulillah, uh, my initial track was I was going to be doing a doctorate um, in Islamic studies and then a, a law degree, a JD in Islamic studies as well. Um, try to pursue that route uh, and then spend some more time abroad. When he comes back, hopefully. Yeah, he'll come back. Uh, hey. You know, doing some studies, but things never really panned out in the ways that I was hoping for them to. Um, but we had lounges um, and what became clear was that there was just a need for a role to help institutionalize the Islam New York University people and Imam, the screen just the screen kind of freezes for a few minutes. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a gap sometimes between when you're speaking because of the service, but it's okay, you know, he's a traveling. So we let him. We're, we're gonna have you guys. Are gonna have to be patient with us. We're patient with Imam Khalid. He, you know, he was he 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 had the date, but then um, you know he he had a he had a commitment with his family. So he had you know, to the fact that he's still accommodating us and with his busy schedule is unbelievable. May Allah reward him. Um, so when we're it, talking about, welcome back, Imam. I'm so sorry about that, brothers. Uh, forgive you me for the, the... Don't, don't, don't say anything like that, Imam. You were so fortunate to have you. And you, like people don't realize that Imams like you, they, while they're even with their family, they're serving the community. So tough. Allah reward you and, and sorry, continue to go ahead. 
no, you're at the point of you're, you're talking about how you know you fill that void question. and how you put it that void. Now, can you hear us? I'm not sure if you can hear us. Uh, I can hear you now. Okay. okay. So, so we're talking with now you're I can. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, you know, because I think where you saw, Michelle, this really amazing uh, movement of individuals uh, that were helping people to kind of feel reconnected to um, their religious identity. I mean, so many shiuch and scholars for us to look up to. Uh, and as Islam further institutionalized itself in the United States, creating now an opportunity for people to start to hone in on very specific arenas and areas. And what a chaplain does essentially is provide very particular pastoral care um, to given institutional communities, uh, universities, law enforcement agencies, hospitals, but helping to meet the needs of people who are of those particular institutional backgrounds. Uh, it's, it's, it's... There was many people. You're good, man. You're good. Oh. Can you can hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, did I get cut off in the middle of that? Just for a second. Uh, but you know, it, it it becomes really hard, right? Like anecdotally, I give you an example. Um, I was in Toronto speaking at a conference on mental health um, at Sheikh Yusuf Badat's masjid. I don't know if you all know him yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And, Foundation. You know, they had um, this. Yeah, and they they had a gathering um, that was on kind of starting a conversation around mental health and uh, wellness. And he had asked me to come to speak in the beginning. And then there was a panel. There was a sister who was on the panel who uh, identified um, she was a convert. She was also a survivor of abuse uh, of a. Um, unfortunate uh, a survivor of incest in her family. She uh, was somebody who is African-American um, and she had been clinically diagnosed with depression. And she, mashallah, shared her story and her experiences in a very open and vulnerable way with this audience. And afterwards, there was three sisters who came to me uh, to, you know, just try to understand how to relate to this woman's experiences. And she you know, the three sisters that came were actual sisters as well. Uh, and it's not to stereotype them, but they're wearing abayas, niqab, hijab. They said that they had studied Islam traditionally um, in madrasa for seven years uh, in the subcontinent. They had gone to pursue graduate studies um, at the Cambridge Muslim College. They were now pursuing, pursuing further studies in Canada. They said, we don't know what to access of what we've learned to help this woman in what she's going through. And I said to them, you know, maybe it's because where she is at, it doesn't necessitate you having to be the ones to support her. She has very particular needs and mm -hmm. she very much so can benefit from someone who is explicitly scholarly in their training but she needs interdisciplinary support. Uh, she needs somebody who's able to validate and affirm her experiences, create a place for her to be able to, to 
be heard and to be supported through emotional conflict and trauma that she's gone through uh, and to let her know that she just as much as anybody is entitled to a relationship with Allah and she's not looking for necessarily an answer to a fiqh based question nor is she looking for a conversation that's rooted in abstract theology or theological debate she has realities that necessitate people being equipped Mm. But Jen, um, yeah, you know, I think we're just, just jumping With off with understanding her given realities and helping her to move forward in her life. Sorry, I lost you for a second. You said jumping off. Uh, uh, so I, I was just, I was just following up with what you're talking about, with, um, and bringing a follow up question with Abdullah. That you know, it seems like you know, um, imams, imams. Uh, role fits a different niche because sometimes every everyone thinks people sometimes think a scholar has to fit every you know uh, needed community right but Jen you're an imam of a community how do you balance that when someone comes to you and asks you a question like that or anything within that sphere what do you do about it do you try to answer it what do you, how do you engage with them um, you know, I mean every imam, question doesn't necessarily yeah go ahead Yes, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Imam. No, no, Father, please. Sorry. sorry. I, I, I want. I was gonna say what you're. Um, I, I, I wanted to. Imam, please. He's basically not every question is a fit-based question. Not every question. Everyone needs an answer. Sometimes someone just needs a lending ear, understanding the emotions, understanding the state. Someone you can relate to. You have to analyze it. A lot of times, eighty percent of the questions of the youth, even adults, sometimes. Are are not Islamic sometimes. They're emotional relationship issues, and and it's not conflictual issues with family, with their parents, with their careers. Helping them out and advising them it's so important. So you have to know what's going on in society. So, Imam, you go ahead. But you know, it, it necessitates a very, I think, interdisciplinary mode of engagement, and it's not that it has to be either or, but both and. Because the challenge that comes in is. Uh, at a very young age, I would say people lose opportunity from shaping what we can identify as their core beliefs, right? Like, you know, mashallah, when people tell us that we need to have a real sound understanding of our theology and our faith and to be firm and resolve in, uh, you know, understanding what our akida is, it's not just at the level of rote memorization, but your beliefs are going to shape what you understand reality to be. And when you have you know, the Prophet وسلم, living a life that very much so demonstrates that he believes Allah in every word that he has sent to him. He believes every verse of the Quran, but he passes that now on to his companions as well, that they're able to have a worldview that is defined by belief that is core to their existence and helps them to affirm their decision making. You need to have people who are scholarly that are able to help you to understand what those fundamentals are, but there needs to be individuals who understand also how human development is, how people go through periods of socialization that whether they're conscious of it or not, their perspectives of reality are not going to always be uh, moved by just direct answers, but they're gonna need healing from pains that they've had. Right? If you're a young person, who has constantly been told everything that they say is wrong. You have parents who are telling you that you're not good enough because you're not married. 
or when you make a mistake, everything is pointed out to you. You start to now tell yourself that there's something wrong with you or you're constantly pointed out of the haram that you do without any room for knowing who it is that you can be despite like the misactions and the steps that you take and it can create now internal challenges that don't just stay with you through the time you're a young person but in your 20s your 30s your 40s your 50s and where you have chaplaincy is an opportunity to allow for the jurists of our tradition to be jurists and to let the theologians be theologians and to not tell somebody that they have to do something that's beyond their training, uh, mm -hmm. but to then all say that here's now a role where somebody can understand what is, you know, there from amongst the fara'id and to understand what is there from amongst the haram and to work with somebody within their context of their given reality, where you're not saying that the impermissible is now suddenly permissible or vice versa, but you're saying, you know, we know that you have this challenge that's going on with you. You know, we know that there's a difficulty, a struggle. So a chaplain, you know, has to be equipped in a prison system to be able to explain to somebody who might be there for a mundane crime or might have committed murder or done something crazy how do you translate Allah's mercy to that person or the ability to be forgiven? You know, or wow. somebody who's in a hospital and you have to explain to them why, you know, their wife just lost their child or why, you know, they can't in the midst of COVID be with their loved one in their last breaths, you know, in their surgery rooms or anything else. It requires a different type of skill set that is not beyond anybody in any given role. But when you're going now through a traditional mode of learning, you have continuity to a living tradition that transcends 14 centuries that's helping you to be equipped to ensure that the knowledge of Allah and the knowledge of this deen does not suddenly get left behind or watered down. And that's one of the most critical voices in any component, but it's not the only voice. And there has to be a juxtaposition of other voices that help to recognize where some people are coming from uh, and to be comfortable with the fact that not any one person is going to be able to be equipped necessarily um, to deal exactly. with the complexity of what people are bringing to the table. Well, Bajan, like, so, you know, Imam, I feel like, you know, you were the one that set the roadmap for many people to look into chaplaincy, you know, because now obviously a lot of even scholars that have studied traditionally have taken the road of chaplaincy because they see that it brings a great benefit and it brings value to the society, right? Uh, a lot of scholars that have studied traditionally seven years, 10 years, have also taken that route uh, because, you know, looking at yourself and other chaplains that have started this uh, this roadmap for them in the past. But Jen, you know, uh, what, what Imam was talking about, is there anything you want to add on to that quickly? I just have to say that, you know, the, the location that Imam's in, at the Big Apple in New York, you know, he's exposed to so many... Uh, cases and in in situations where he has to invest his time and his skills, so may Allah reward him in that aspect. Because right, sometimes, right. you know, you are in a you you can't you can't be in a bigger city than New York, mm. and the Muslim population that's in New York it's very diverse. 
you have Hispanic Muslims, you have African-American Muslims, you have the immigrant South Asian Muslims, you have Chinese Muslims, you have Muslims from all across, all walks of life. And Imam is in the heart of the heart of America, basically. And then in the heart of that, he's a chaplain. And you served as a chaplain for NYPD, for the New York Police Department. Yeah. Uh, but Jen, like one of the things Imam mentioned, like he said, scholars, let them be scholars, theologians, let them be theologians, in the sense that the job of you know one person doesn't overtake the job of another person, in the sense that just because a person is an Imam doesn't make them a, a counselor, or just because a person is a chaplain doesn't make them a scholar to give you a festival on a ruling, because what you said, Imam, that the job is not to make something permissible, impermissible, impermissible, permissible, but the job is to understand where that person is coming from and find a solution for them. I mean, that's, I went, a, that's a prophet sunnah at its finest, right? The empathizing with people and allowing them to grow within their own space. Like, why were the why were the, 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 the slaves of Mecca the first to become Muslims? It wasn't because the prophet was giving them money. It wasn't because the prophet was giving them you know, instant freedom. It was because they found that they're able to grow even as a slave at that time. Like the Prophet allowed people to know that they can grow even though they're poor or even sure. though they're looked at as less in society. You still have space to grow. Yeah, that, value. Value. Would you go ahead, Bajan? You, you were saying something. Like, yeah, right. I, I was saying that, you know, if Imam can give us some advice for someone who, as, a, as a, at an individual level, is suffering from, you know, some bad habit or some crime or some type of um, guilt. How do they come out of that? How do they build that confidence again in their life? A lot of times you have Muslims that they just they play the, they play the victim card. The shaitan attacks them and says, you know, you're bad. You've done so much bad in your life. Mm -hmm. well, to, I know the aspect of rahmah and that's there, but like, how would you, what words would you use as a chaplain to encourage that person who, who is suffering? And that's one advice. And the second advice is that as, as members in doing our COVID, if you can also give us some input as we, we are, schools have started, mothers are concerned about the children, parents are concerned, youth are concerned. What can we add as a, as a motivation, as a source of motivation in this, um, the eye of the pandemic as we're going through? Well, yeah, I think one of the primary skill sets that is necessary in some of the work that I'm blessed to be a part of, alhamdulillah, is not necessarily about what is spoken to the person who is coming with their struggle, but being comfortable and actually not speaking, mm -hmm. right? And this is the hadith. Whosoever is habitually believing in Allah in the last day, let them speak good or be silent. The idea is not just about being silent if you don't have something good to say, but also understanding that silence is a good option to undertake. That mm -hmm. when you can engage in an empathetic mode of silence, and just letting people have a space to self-express and let out whatever it is, right? The, the heart is the vessel. And for the vessel to now have something other than what is in there that's causing it difficulty uh, to enter in, it needs to let out certain things sometimes, yeah. right? And our prophet, salam, was not one who spoke so much. You know, mm -hmm. he observed a lot. He listened a lot. It allowed to then gain insight on what was taking place around him and to deepen perspective, right? And this is what our teachers tell us, that the acquisition of wisdom necessitates being comfortable with silence and to observe mm -hmm. long periods of silence. Wow. And you're taking in from the situation around you all different kinds of cues. The depth of perspective that one can harness necessitates being comfortable 
which taking in information from all of your senses. So how, when somebody is speaking to you, are they able to talk to you in a way where you are hearing their words, but you're also paying attention to their non-verbalized cues and communication points? You know, the elements that are there within them that allow for you to connect at a different level. So the Prophet ﷺ knows that when the woman is mourning her husband at the grave, that it's not the time to engage her. How does he know that? Versus he knows how to respond to somebody who says, you know, my parents passed away before you started preaching your message. You know, what is their situation now? And he says that your parents are in the same place as my parents. How does he know how to speak to that person uniquely? His ability to engage comes from many spaces, but one is also to be in that sphere of like listening and observing and taking in. It's not possible to learn if, if you're not listening. And if you're the one that's speaking all the time, then you can't listen when you're speaking. So here now, the idea is do not adopt mode that is solution-oriented. And this is what happens quite often with many of us. Somebody comes, a difficulty or a challenge, and immediately our mind says, well, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. When the first step likely is more about affirming and validating emotions and feelings, right? You can categorize the emotion that we have into 64,000 different emotions that are possible for a human being wow. to feel, which is crazy. But if most of us were to define and identify what we feel and what someone else feels, we would use the same words over and over again, anger, sadness, grief, etc. There's so much more that's there than that. And now this person is coming and they're open with their struggle. They're saying, I've done this, or this was done to me, or this is something that's plaguing my mind or happened years ago. They're not looking necessarily first for a solution-oriented approach. They're looking to see how you will respond in your entirety. And then they're going to look to see how you affirm what it is that they're feeling, which is very different from affirming the action or negating the action, saying simply, this is halal or this is haram, right? I'll give you an example anecdotally. There's a young woman in our community. Her mother, you know, had very difficult experiences as a result of mental illness uh, conditions that made her very angry and hard to live with. And this young woman's father uh, ended up, subhanAllah, trying to take his life. Uh, because he just couldn't deal with the stress that came from his relationship. And she went to the hospital and she said to me, you know, I saw my father in a hospital bed and I saw him with bandages on his wrists because he had tried to cut himself in that way to deal with like the stress and all of this kind of stuff. And when she's telling me all of this, she said, you know what the hardest part was when I came back and I started to speak to some of my Muslim friends about what I experienced. The first thing that all of them said to me was, does your father know that suicide is haram? And in her psyche now, she's looking for support. But what she's given is what the person possesses to give to her. Mm. And they don't know how to respond. But their approach to religion is existing purely in this framework of what they've been given. So all they know how to say is something that's the least helpful in that given situation. She needs somebody to say to her, 
Are you doing okay? Or I have no idea what it is that you're going through right now. To see my father in a state like that. Like if you've ever seen somebody in a hospital bed that you love, let alone that that's the reason that you see them in the hospital bed, they're not asking you a thick-based question at that point, right? right? But if you can only see the world of your religion through that prism, and that's how it's been given to you, and nobody's taught you how to be compassionate or how to be supportive or how to exert a sense of curtailing your own anxiety when you don't know how to respond and to simply just be silent or to just say, I don't really know what to do, but I'm here for you. Like, mm. let me know what it is that you want from me and where it is that I can be helpful. I'll take cues from you on this. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 100%. You know, 100%. Go ahead. No, but I want to ask you, like, well, well, I was going to ask you, like, so is there a process where a person learns that, do you think? Or is it just uh, being a compassionate person? Like, what do you think? I, I, I want to say, I want to say common sense, right? But that aspect, that common sense is very rare nowadays, too. You're, you're you know? freezing up. It's like, too. like, let the person. Sorry? You're freezing up a little bit. Are you, can you hear me? Am I freezing yeah, yeah. up? A little bit. How about now? How about now? It's bad. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. So I, I, I feel like, you know, if we really study the Prophet Sallallahu life, he was, he was always able to gauge the person's emotions, too. You know, like he was very smart in that. Imam Khalid, one of my favorite stories is that a man comes to the Prophet in Medina after prayer in front of the entire congregation. He says, you gave away um, gifts. Oh, he, says, he says, oh, Muhammad, give me money from the wealth that you don't own, but that God has given you. Give me, give me something. Basically, imagine me going to a, a person in my community and say, hey, give me your car because it's not yours. God gave it to you. It's not really yours. It's God's. Like, hmm. basically, you know, this... Um, uh, the person says this to the Prophet and the Prophet he gives him and he's like, are you happy? He says, no, I'm not happy with it. Sahaba are like, what is wrong with this guy? The Prophet he says, let me give him some more. So are you happy? He says, I'm not happy with it. The Sahaba were going to pounce at this guy because this guy is being abrupt, mm. disrespectful and to the greatest human in the world, their teacher, the Prophet So the Prophet he calms the Sahaba down, he sees the situation, he takes him home. And he gives him whatever he has that pleases him. He gives him food, money, clothes, just whatever I can support him. And then he says to him, are you happy now? He says, Raditu, I'm, I'm, I feel better now. I feel like I've been treated well. The Prophet says, okay, the people outside have an ill feeling for you. So what you need to do is go back outside and we're going to do this whole exchange again. I'm going to give you and then I'm going to ask you in front of them and then you have to reply the way, if you feel comfortable, you can reply the way you replied in my room. So the man said, and I have no problem with that. So they go back out, they re-establish um, that state, um, position. The Prophet ﷺ gives the gifts or the, the need, um, the clothes and the food and the money. And he says, are you happy now? And he says, oh, I'm really happy. You've done great to me. You've been gracious. And then the Sahaba calmed down. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, when the man left, the Prophet said, my example, your example, is like a man who has a camel and his camel starts to run away from him and camel examples were relevant to them mm -hmm. you know it, it, the camel example like car examples like so he's like 
the camel starts to run away, and all you guys start chasing him with your sticks and your slippers and your whips, and you're running after the camel. What happens to the camel? Mazada in firara. It just continues. It sees people coming. It's going to run away even more. Mm. He said, but somebody, the owner is like, had that jamali. Listen, guys, this is my camel. Let me take care of business. He grabs min khashashat al ard. He grabs some, you know, dry grass. You know, he grabs some, you know, pasture, and he kind of waves it in the air, and he kind of like. Uh, persuades a camel to come his way and mm. that camel settles down. He said, that's my example, your example. You want to run away this person from Islam, but I want to bring him close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even oh. though he has a struggle. Like that guy was, you know, one of the most disrespectful stories that I've read in my life. Oh, subhanAllah. Like maybe he was struggling with hypocrisy and he was converting to a better form of Islam. But this happened in Medina, not in Mecca. In Mecca, there are so many stories like that. This happened in the Masjid of the Prophet awesome. next to his house. His wife's probably heard what happened, and this man ended up coming to Aisha's house, you know. But the Prophet awesome was so gracious. Like you said, he he heard him, and he was concerned for a greater cause. You know, like so there are people who are depressed, and some people who are who are worried in life, they need to come over that. So that was that was a great answer, Imam. Um, Sheikh you want to ask him another question? Because I had yeah. a second question about this COVID situation, people, you know, there's a time, there's like, during COVID, sometimes it's become an excuse to a certain degree, like, it's COVID, I don't have, I can't go to the masjid, I'm tuning into line, uh, line, online lectures, and now because of COVID, you know, the uh, virtual learning for our children has also become challenging. Where is that balance? Because sometimes, you know, if it was like three months, if it was a flu season, 10 days, three, um, 12 days, we're kind of like, we recover from the, um, the flu um, but this is this has been the longest that we've dealt with something like this in our life. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make everything easy for everyone Amen. in California and Oregon and Amen. all the which are going through wildfires. I really recommend people praying for them and pray for our brothers and our sisters, our fellow Americans, our Muslim community. There's such a large Muslim community there that Allah make things easy. But I want you to uh, just give us some some comfort in these difficult times during COVID for our families, in even for our mental spiritual well being. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, he, I'll repeat the end of the question. He was just asking that in a in a in a, in, in a summary, um, during this time where children, family members are all dealing with a similar issue. Um, five more minutes, inshallah. So we're just gonna finish with that. Don't mind. So, Bajan, Sheikh Abdullah, can you uh, keep um, Brother Hassan right on the bottom for now, and then we'll just bring him on right when Imam Khalid is done. Okay, uh, uh, brother Hassan, we'll bring you back on in five and ten minutes, inshallah. But but uh, Imam, so he's asking, what is what is some quick, easy to understand, easy, easy to digest advice for people to take at this time? Because I think we want to keep that answer short, and I want to add one more question before you leave, Imam. So if you want, if you can, you know, answer this quickly, inshallah, and we can move to our last question and call it a night with you. Sure, And again, I'm sorry about you know the technical difficulties. If it's helpful. To do this again, you know, down the line, please let me know. No, you don't have, you don't have to ask me. No apology. You can't apologize. All you have to do is when we come there, you get some nice New York burger. Oh, man. Fries, some nice food. <laughs> Imam, do you eat, Imam, do you eat fast food, Imam? Do you eat fast food or no? Uh, I have a restaurant. You guys can eat at my restaurant. Yeah, he has an organic restaurant. We have an organic burger place. What's it called again? Imam, what's it called? Honest Chops. Honest, Honest Chops. Yeah. Wow. 
Man, Shout out I'm going to be honest, man. It's going to chop me up. That, that's how good it is. You know, <laughs> but I don't think I'm, I, I'm, I'm eager to have the chops, but I'm more eager to have it with you. No. So, you know, and that's if uh, if me messing up on this live stream brings you to New York, then I'm gonna screw up every time. Show you know, it, so. this is the best time to invite someone. I'm inviting all my friends from overseas to America right now because they can't come. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> so they come, the house is open. Welcome, welcome, you know. And everyone's like, Yeah, we want to come, but you know, we're in Canada, not the border. <laughs> so, uh, but but Imam, you're, you're back home. You're from where? You're from, you're from Pakistan. Where are you from? Uh, my family's Kashmiri. Yeah, but after partition, uh, my father's family moved to Lahore. Uh, okay. They grew up in Gualmundi. Um, my mom's family. You said you said Gualmundi like a white boy. You, you, like a, <laughs> I say Gualmundi like a white boy. Yeah, you make fun of me, man. You make fun of me all the time. Oh man, you, that, um, you, that that tells you that you've been in America all your life. Too long, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but but Imam, and your wife's from Michigan. So my wife was born in Chennai. Um, wow. And then lived in Oman. Uh, and then they moved to Michigan, her family. Mashallah. So are you, are you a good son-in-law overall? Like, are you a great son-in-law? No, no, man. I'm in the car by myself now, though, so it's a good time to ask that question. You know what? No That's Good, good son-in-law <laughs> visit their in-laws like at least 10 times a year. So I'm hoping you come to Michigan more often. Oh, it's COVID. You got me back. You got me back. You got me back. So you're from Kashmir, and you've dealt with, I'm going to change the tone quickly. You've dealt with a lot of Burmese refugees, Imam. Like, you know, how did that happen? Because for some reason, you know, it's it's, uh, as unfortunate as it is, a lot of our grieving for Muslims that are struggling all across the world have this, you know, um, have this natural, natural, nationalistic approach. So if you're from Kashmir, you care about Kashmir. If you're from Palestine, you care about Palestine, which is wrong. If you're from Syria, you care about Sham. But like, it's that's not the way it should be, right? And how did you get involved in this Burmese refugee crisis, which many people ignored for such a long time, right? Or yeah. they were just not aware of it. Well, we did, um, in terms of like refugee work, you know, aside from, so I went to Myanmar a couple of times to do work with the Rohingya populations there. And Allah grant them ease I mean, in, in the genocide that they're facing. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've done refugee work with um, refugees in Europe, uh, refugees, you know, in different parts of the United States. Uh, there's, you know, Rohingya refugees even, you know, that are in Mecca. Mm. Yep. We've, seen we've worked with in Malaysia. I mean, it's there's it's the time we're in in the world right now. There's more ref uh, history, right? Allah make things easy for all of them, and you know the 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 actually came up at a time where um, you know some organizations asked me if I'd be willing to go out there to do some work. I said yes, like of course. I would go and do it. Your voice, just your voice. Do something because you have the ability to do it. At the end of the day, I mean, I've been in the role that I've been in for some time. Can you all hear me, or is it cutting out? We we could hear you, but your 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 video is uh, uh, frozen. Hello. 
Are you guys, is it cutting out for you? It is cutting out. It's cutting out a little bit. It's fine, man. What we'll do is in, we'll, we'll have a rain check on this one. And, you know, we can, we can, we can let Imam go. Mashallah, he gave us so many gems in the minimal, minimal, uh, uh, the limited time that he was with us. Oh, he's coming back for round two. Imam, can you hear me now? Imam, can we, we can see you, but we don't want to hold you any longer because um, we, we, we've taken all your time evening and you're with your family and your kids. So, uh, yeah, but Jen, yeah, yeah we just, uh, if you, if you, if you, if you remove him and, you know, he'll, he'll hear it afterwards. So, and then I'll just text him right now, then inshallah, we'll have him on again. Oh, he's back for a second. We can just let him know. All right, perfect. Imam, uh, Imam, can you hear us? Yeah, he's, I think we can hear him. That's uh, fine. Uh, I'm hearing him. <laughs> Let's yeah, move on. Imam, um, your screen is frozen, but uh, we can see your beautiful face in the meantime. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Oh. You're good there. You're clear. We're good now? <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry about that. No, no, you have no um, need to say thank you so much. I'll be just honored to have you. Go ahead. But Jen, yeah, but Imam, I think I Imam, we took we took a lot of time from you. Uh, and I think just because the, the internet issues, we got so much from you already. Um, and it's it's hitting the 10, 10 p.m. hour and brother yeah. sounds waiting. So we'll just forgive we'll, me, please. No, no, Imam, we'll have a Imam, oh, man. Imam. You know, you know, you know, we'll take a rain check on this. Don't worry about it. The brother you know, is waiting. Not, we're not expecting anything from you, ma'am. We, we're so honored to have you, honestly. Absolutely. Don't feel bad. If you feel bad about the internet, that's not your fault. You just live in New York. The service in New York is bad overall. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Imam, we want to thank you so much, Imam, for everything that you're doing for the community. Everyone that knows um, Imam Khalid, please follow him on social media and all the works that he's doing. Please pray for him. Um, you have no idea. I look up to him so much, and uh, and the work that he does. May Allah exactly keep, use, keep on inspiring us through you, and and protect your family, and also you know all those hearts that you touch and all those people that you touch. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala give you reward for that, Imam. Your words, not only your words are very touching, but your his tone. Imam has his bone. He has this. He has this. He has a style of speaking, and also the tone of his voice is. Also very soothing. Calming, yeah, soothing. Very calming, very calm. Imam, may, Allah, may, Allah, may Allah protect you, Imam. Uh, Imam, when you leave, can you just, when you leave, don't press end broadcast. You can just leave the broadcast yourself. So you I just came on just to give my salam to Imam Khalid. Oh, I just realized. He's the Imam that we watched all the way back in the UK when his video went viral for uh, that speech he done in the university. Piccolo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Piccolo, weren't you, Imam? <laughs> Imam is viral. He's viral, Imam. Trust me. You have so many. Um, and you know what? You guys from Michigan don't even know about Honest Chops. We from the UK know about Honest Chops, bro. Really? Honest Chops is a. There are queues for an hour just to get in there. What? So, yeah, there are queues for an hour just to get in there. So you're lucky the you know, that's, that's, that's why we brought him on, on to the Miftal Friday Night Live so we can go from the back door. <laughs> yeah, well, that was. I came to New York three times, I think, um, but didn't manage to get to the Honest Chops place, man. I heard it's good, guys. I heard it's really good, man. Mashallah. I want to welcome, I want to welcome Brother um, Ahsan 
Tahmeed um, all the way from England. Can you please tell us? I want to welcome you first. Salamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us and waiting on the back end. Thank you so much. What's going on? You guys are from America having internet issues, huh? <laughs> and you know, I think <laughs> in New York and the uh, the skyscrapers, the long, the high buildings, they kind of interfere in your service. If you're like going to Chicago or downtown, mm. those tall buildings that you guys don't have in England, we have those tall, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in England. Uh, England. What, about the, what about the halal haribos that we have here, eh? Yeah. Uh, halal, halal is no big deal for us. Bismillah, cool. You just say Bismillah. <laughs> um, Brother Ihsan, you've joined us many times before, mashallah. And you know, Bijan, he's such a kind and you know, easy, easy going personality. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you, uh, Brother Ihsan, when you come oh, to America. And show we love, we love your nasheed, we love your voice. And, <laughs> you know. It's, um, I mean, I was watching it and I wasn't waiting. In, you guys were saying you're keeping me waiting. I was just enjoying the dialogue between you and you, you two and Imam Khalid and stuff. But um, what I want to say is thank you for what you guys are doing, man. Because we've got bits and bobs happening in the UK, mashallah. But at that level where you guys are streaming weekly and hundreds of people are watching, that's a big service you guys are doing for the people in America. I mean, I presume most of the people are probably from Michigan, right? probably from your ends that are watching this so to give them this service whilst lockdown is taking place you guys are smashing it man and i'm and i travel around a lot to do events and so to be in a lockdown is quite tough <laughs> this is like a nice this is like nice man i'm doing like i've been performing live on a stage for you know since the lockdown right no events wow. no nothing so i'm doing that man May Allah keep you safe. May Allah, I mean, Jazakallah for your beautiful, kind words. May Allah keep you safe and bring you back onto the stage where millions and hundreds of people can listen to your beautiful voice. I just want people to know that if they can type their city, so letting our guests, artists know where they're joining us from. We have New York, California. Um, if you're in the Bay Area, we are praying for you. 100%. Inshallah, Allah keeps you safe. And um, what's happening in the Bay Area? There's these wildfires in, in San Francisco that are just wow. burning hundreds of acres. People have, um, we have over thousands, or over 50,000 to 100,000 people in Oregon who have been evacuated. Alhamdulillah, we have people joining us from Ontario, Hawaii. Uh, we have people from Calgary, Melbourne, Australia, Miami, Florida, and Florida. So the people in Florida are, are very religious, I can tell. <laughs> joining us tonight tells me how high the people in Florida are. That's a mission. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead, inshallah. Yeah, but but, but, but Ihsan, so first of all, the kind words. But Ihsan, do you, do you miss performing or are you happy that you got a break? I'm happy we got Halal Haribo here. Bismillah. <laughs> yeah, he's happy he got a break, Bajan. But it's not us, it's um, of course, Abdullah, the entire team, but also our, our audience deserves a lot of credit, which they motivate us and make dua for us and they keep us motivated. But Ihsan, Last time we met you, you were you were making a new nasheed. Mashallah, you made a few new ones since we met. Your etrugul nasheed. I think you also came out with that recently. Mashallah. What do you? What's your favorite nasheed? What's your favorite nasheed? Let's start with that, rather, and then we'll start asking the audience. Are you saying my favorite nasheed of mine or favorite nasheed? Your personal Generally. favorite. Your personal Generally. favorite. Oh. Hmm. 
I don't know, Sheikh. It's a tough one, man. <laughs> because uh, this might sound a bit like weird, but I'm not. I don't generally like listening to Nasheed, man. No, from from your own. How about your own? No, no. I generally don't like listening to Nasheed per se. Wow. Like, if I'm in a long journey, I'd rather just uh, sit in silence. I don't wow. generally. Or if someone's with me, I'd rather just talk to them. I don't generally like listening to Nasheed. I do Nasheed's hopefully inshallah for the sake of Allah because we know that it's needed for people who are looking for that alternative but but yeah I mean yeah look I've got some favorites like you know like the classics is what I like the old the old ones be songs the old uh Zayn Bikha ones they're really nice and some of the Arabic ones from Abdullah Mukit I don't know if you guys heard of Abdullah Mukit famous Arabic Nasheed like yeah it's some good old classic ones I'm into like the old school ones Play like an old, play like an old school tala um or something, and it's, it's some nicely done in a darul ulum by a student. Those are the ones I like. You know, like it's not, when it's done by the student. Do you know Hainazalme? Do you know it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I released it in Ramadan as well. But listen, don't listen to it. It's really a botch job. But yeah, I used to really like that Nasheed when I was young as well. You want to start with that? You can start. Then start with whatever you're comfortable with. Whatever you're comfortable with. Let me see how many how much of the lines I remember. Bismillah. <clears throat> Muhammad Madine Memoju Pula Kilte Palpa Kesale John Kareke Yabade Sabah Esi Hushumbo Chamanke Gulome Kaha Jo nabi ke pasine me That's good enough. That's good enough for somebody. That's a, I think the Wi-Fi is um is there there is a small glitch. The voice is not coming as clear as I could. Maybe it's um, but um, can you remember? I think it's just the fact when he goes lower, it goes lower. That's it. Okay, or he can bring the the, the screen closer to him. Yeah. Yep. Can you, is that better now? It's better. That's better. That's better. Sure? Yeah. We're good. Well, let's let's get let's get one going that you know um that everyone enjoys, which is Tala Al Badru. I think if we can do that, well, we'll get the ball rolling. I think you enjoy it, Molana. <laughs> I enjoy it too, man. I really enjoy it. And it's the history behind the story behind it. It's it's definitely something which inspires everyone, right? It, it lets everyone know that you leave some and we're starting the month of Safar, and that's the month the Prophet performed his hijrah in. Uh, he left something which he truly loved, and he was invited by the entire community. Sometimes you have to leave something that is uh, beneficial to you, so that it can give you a bigger benefit. Like how Musa salam had to leave his staff so it could be used as a source of help for him in front of the Pharaoh. So that that whole idea and that concept pops into my mind when you read that nasheed. So it definitely has a backdrop that is greater and more. Uh, it's more powerful than most nasheeds, you know. So, Bismillah, Um So, brothers and sisters that are listening, 
you know, Mufti Sab has given me the opportunity to come in front of you guys so many times now, subhanAllah, and I thank him for that. Um, but this nasheed, it really, truly, it means something to me because, you know, when a qari or an imam, he was he was listening to me perform live one day, this Tawla and he came and he asked me, hey, when you recite the nasheed Tawla what do you think of? And I said, nothing, I just sing Tawla and he, saw, he said to me, from now on, when you recite Tawla al-Badru alayna, I want you to try and imagine how you would feel if you were walking with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh. I think I'm breaking up, aren't I? No, you're good, you're good. Am I good? Oh, okay. It's all frozen on this side. Um, and so, from then on, it's, that's what I try to think. And that's what I tell people as well. I tell them, hey, when you recite this nasheed, think about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Think about Abu Bakr radiallahu an, and imagine that when they walked into Madinatul Munawwara, there are different narrations suggesting different things, Mufti, because I heard different things from different people that it was apparently the first time they walked into Medina. In other narrations, it says it was when they left a Tabuk and then they went back to Medina. So I don't know which of it is thing, but we know that the people greeted the Prophet sallallahu and Abu Bakr. So try and imagine... Um, that you close your eyes and try and imagine that you were with the Prophet Sorry, what I was gonna say is that if you if uh, this nasheed has been done now in full, alhamdulillah, and it is on YouTube. If you just type in Talal Badr Alayna by Ihsan, you'll find the full one that I've done, and inshallah, hopefully it will give you some like it will try and it will try and help you imagine that you're in Medina. That was the idea. Okay, so anyway, Bismillah. So, you, uh, Sanbe, what, what, when you say it, kind of it kind of drops out for a second. Okay, uh, okay, let's try, let's try. We're having some technical issues today, it seems. Um, just stop me, Molana, if you can't hear me. Okay. <clears throat> I'll do another one, inshallah, because I can see in the comments some people have said. Careful. Okay, I'll do a little bit of the one that Saba. I don't know if Saba, Sister Saba. Oh, Rabbana, ya Rabbana, Rabbana, ya Rabbana. 
rabbana rabbana ya 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 rabbana oh allah you are the greatest nothing can compare to you oh allah you are the greatest nothing can compare to you oh allah you are the greatest nothing can compare to you loving giving merciful lord oh either by of you rabbana ya rabbana Rabbana ya Rabbana ya Rabbana Rabbana ya Masha'Allah I think I messed up on the lyric a bit so I think I think she'll be more than happy that you sang that one without us even asking for it you saw the message and you were able to sing it but um, uh, yeah, the, 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 just this slight parts which the noise goes a little lower. But that last nasheed was very clear. It was very clear. It was very fluid, and um, in I'm sure people uh, enjoyed it and they liked it. Uh, Hassan Bay, what what else? What else do you have in mind for today? What else do you like in these in these last few months? How many how many times have you jumped on in live session like this? Are you tired of it? I think I think uh, only with you guys, you know. Well, you don't do them that much. No. Uh, well, I appreciate it, man. We appreciate it. Um, I, 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 I had to come on just to say thank you for that. Thank you so much. Honestly, may Allah reward you. Um, there was a few, there was a few things that were there, um, and I kind of said no to it. But when you ask Mufti, you know, I appreciate. Why did you accept Mufti's request? Huh? I don't know, man. Look at the nur in his face. He's got the. It's not the nur. Oh, man. We love you uh, here in Michigan. Inshallah, when when you know uh, when when things open up, we're gonna have a nice event with you. Inshallah, in a live audience on a stage. But uh, but remember my conversation with you, Mufti. So I make dua for that. Yeah, I, I got that. I remember that. <laughs> inshallah. Inshallah. Let's do one last one, and then Inshallah, we'll let everyone go tonight because yeah. it's a little late, and I know people. Um, you know, what time, what time is it? And what time is it in England? And where are you sitting? What's, what what city are you? It's 3 a.m. and I'm in London at the moment. 3 a.m. You look so fresh. What's going on? <laughs> you guys excite me, innit? You guys excite me. <laughs> How many kids do you have, Asami? You have, you have, are you married? you have kids? I have two children. I'm the last two girls. Mashallah. 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 May Allah protect them. What, their what are their names? Amana Maryam Hussein and Rahma Maryam Hussein. Mashallah. May Allah yeah. preserve them. And, and make you and your wife uh, recipients of Jannah for having those two daughters, and you yeah. raise them well, inshallah, and they become guiding stars for the Ummah, inshallah. Yeah. You know, we, we hardly have someone that can sing in Bangla, also. That's true. You know, we have we have Arabic singers that come, Urdu singers that come. You can do Urdu, Arabic, English, and Bangla. Mm. So, and we have a huge uh, Bangladesh community in, in America. Uh, I know London, there's nothing like London. London is a is like another salad. Have you guys been to London, both of you? 
I've I've been to London. I've been to London. I landed in O'Hare, and they told me I couldn't. They said, "Get out." I'm just joking. No, no. I've been been to London. I've been to London once, but um, yeah. My most of my trips are towards Manchester, Leicester, and that part of of England. All right, good. I'm good. Good food. We we didn't have any friends in London. Now we we know a few people. You know, we know uh, Boris. You know Boris now. <laughs> bro, Boris, bro, Boris. Um, you come, let me know. honestly, let me know. So, um, if you uh, can, you can, we have we have such a good community in um in America that appreciates something in Bangla. That'll be huge, you know. And also, we can give them something they enjoy. Something different. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll end with two because there are people asking for tamanna, so I'll do a bit oh, of tamanna. Yeah. And that was the thing. But what I was gonna say for the brothers and sisters watching is the Earth World wedding machine that I had sent to you mostly before, uh, it was obviously complete, but because of the lockdown, we weren't able to uh we were not able to um video it. We weren't even able to video it. But alhamdulillah, just recently um things have got sorted. So I'm not into Earth World. I haven't personally watched even a single episode. If you have, it's fine, by the way. Anyone watching, if you're into Earth World, it's fine. I just haven't had time to do it, right? Um, but um, the crew, the, the, the crew, the Turkish crew that are going to video the Nasheed, hopefully this in the next two weeks, inshallah, they are friends with the actual Turkish crew that have recorded the, pro, the serial. It's a mm-hmm. Turkish crew that's going to um, record the video, inshallah. So hopefully, uh, as soon as that's out, I'm gonna send it to you, Mufti. Just share it, inshallah. We'll share. We'll share it. When you see them, when you see them, just go like this. From just do this. Ava Labe, Ava Labe, yeah. Yeah. So I'll do a quick Bengali one, and then I'll do um. Tamanna. I'll do Tamanna, inshallah. Okay. Um. Someone said, could I translate the the Bengali? So I'll translate it for you now. This nasheed is just about death. It talks about the fact that we are there are people in this dunya so rich. Yet they will also go six feet under. It talks about it talks about the the fact that there are people in this dunya um, so rich they can make their beddings, the bed they sleep on, they can make it from gold and rubies, and that even that richness will not last. It ends by saying, you know, you've lost your dad, you've lost your granddad, you know you've lost them, yet you can't seem to comprehend that you yourself are going to die. Um, and then it ends by saying whether you are rich or poor. Whether you are rich or poor, the angel of death is not going to forget about you. I'm not going to do the whole thing, uh, but you get the gist of it. It goes like this. Matir bari matir gol mati ho baby sana Ashtoya ka jabe ka shonge ke o jabe na Kintu jedin dak pori be khobar maje Tamanna, tamanna mudato sehe, jamale mustafa deko, imamul ambiyan deko, 
हबीबे की वजन के दम कदम से सुबह ने रोशनी पाई वजन के दम कदम से सुबह ने रोशनी पाई कर दिया जिसने मुनावर कर दिया जिसने फजाऊर दे वो जिनकी बरकतों से अब रोबारा बसते आलम वो जिनकी बरकतों से अब रोबारा बसते आलम सलाम वो मब दलम का दूरुदुन पर सलाम उन पर मेरे मौला ये मौका दे के खत्म अम्बिया दे मेरे मौला ये मौका दे के खत्म अम्बिया दे that nasheed has become its own um uh its own classic and inshallah people 20 years from now will listen to that and say that will be their um tala al badr and their um you know nabi you nabi inshallah in the classics that were there for us may Allah reward you for your time and your energy in the middle of the night jazakallah khair habibi i want to let everyone know they can all say thank you to brother ihsan tahmid who has joined us all the way from london we had imam khadid joined us from new york and brother ihsan joined us from london england and uh Mufti Abdul Wahab, who's joining us from the headquarters at Miftah, myself here in Michigan. Um, I'm originally and proud uh, Flint resident <laughs> Imam. Alhamdulillah, I served there. So all across America, we're so fortunate to have so many guest scholars and singers, artists joining us in these difficult times of COVID. Definitely, uh, Brother Tahmid Ehsan's uh, voice, his lyrics have brought so comfort to our hearts. And if we can all thank him on the chat, he can read your um, messages. And if you're persuading enough, we can have him come on again multiple times. Inshallah, it's three o'clock in the morning, and he's joined us, and he's been so gracious. Thank you so much, Mufti Abdul Wahab. Thank you so much. But um, no, you want to say something to our audience before you leave? Just you know what? Keep supporting Mifta Institute, man. Uh, proud of what these guys are doing. Mashallah, may Allah bless you guys. Keep you sincere in what you're doing, Amen. and allow you to reach the hearts of millions of people around the globe, man. Inshallah. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Mufti Sahib, 
Shalom. Thank you. Mufti, everyone's talking about your new backdrop and, and um, the new look that you have. And the whole time you've been looking on the camera, a different view. I still have to get used to um, how to figure this thing out. But my camera is here, right? And, um, and so I'm looking at you now, but then I can't see you. So I'm, I have to look over here. And that's how generally this thing works. Um, so, I mean, it's not me, honestly, this, this, this backdrop, this whole look has nothing to do with me. Um, our, our, our um, you know, one of our media directors, Rehan, is the one that's behind this. He put this together himself and got a nice camera for us. He said that, you know, you guys need to look better on camera because you guys are doing this more. So he set it up in his office. So I'm sitting in his office right now and he has this thing set up for my lives and all my classes. But then if you come here, you know, you can, you can share this spot with me. <laughs> I'm not going to give it to you though. No, no, don't worry. I'm not feeling insecure. I, I was in the beginning, but I'm fine now. But uh, I want to say, Mufti Dohab, are you comfortable there? Well, I'm comfortable. Much more comfortable. You, look good. You, look, you look good there. And the work that you're doing from that space that you have is reaching uh, all the all different parts of the world, people from all across. You saw from Melbourne, uh, from California, from Hawaii. Uh, Bajan, these guys are just consistent followers. Miller reward them. And hopefully they, 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 they're able to get... Um, they're paying for their buck. You know, they come here to give us an hour and a half every Friday night. Um, they join us for our classes on Saturday, and it's just we just hope that you know this is time that they benefit from not only for the for the for the moment, but it's transformational to to some extent even after they leave the program. And um, that's the goal. So Jazakallah khair for the audience, and, and definitely like you know um, if if you feel like there's some parts that can benefit different people, share it with specific people. Like you know, for example, today's talk with Imam Khalid Bajan. That I can share with three, four people that I know that will benefit from just a few things that he said. I know his thing was choppy, but that moment where he spoke about uh, helping someone and going to their level—that—that that, that stuff that you know we should share with people as much as we can. So, especially those that are going through a hard time right now, um, you know, in, in COVID and all that. But Jen, they're saying that all of this happened um, because your thing was on the on the wrong side, your screen. You should have been on the right on the right side, and then there will be no glitches. No. <laughs> They come and go, those, those glitches. Those glitches in life come and go. Come and <laughs> Don't you mind them too much. You know, life is, you can't be perfect in everything in life, but we try our best. Alhamdulillah. We try. I mean, uh, alhamdulillah, we had some uh, some technical situations and issues, but uh, the, you know what it is? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see our, our, our enthusiasm. Mm. You know, imagine how the Sahaba used to listen to the Prophet and there was no mic. No light. There's no light. And then they had heat issue, you know. And I can imagine in winter it was cold and dry, and they used to sit there. Imagine the times the Prophet had to speak, and uh, and tomorrow was Badr, or tomorrow was Ohad. They're out in the desert, and they are. All that's happening. You know, so in, in, in that perspective, I feel like to hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words, a reminder in the comfort of our homes, on our tablets, on our phones, on our screens, it's unbelievable. You know, so those Sahaba, those er, the earlier generation sat um, on the desert and in the cold, in the heat, in the state of fear. But they, you know what they did? They gave their ears and their heart and their mind. They listen carefully. So if somebody was paying attention today with with the, the little technical issues that we had, you will leave this discussion with so much benefit. Sure. And sometimes you can have all the speakers pumping. 
and you can have the best headphones plugging in your ears, plugged into your ears, but the hearts are sealed, the ears have no benefit. So, you know, I want to tell Mufti Bohab, really, thank you so much. No, no, I didn't do anything. But Imam Khalid, you know, I really appreciate, we, I mean, we both appreciate him, and I'm sure the whole crowd appreciated him coming in and giving us those uh, highlights, highlighted moments. It so bad. He felt so bad. He kept on apologizing. You know, so Miller reward him for that. You know, I don't know if you know how dynamic that person is, Imam Khalid. He, he, um, he kept on apologizing, and I feel like, I just, for that reason, I don't want to push him to come back again because I feel like he he feels like he owes us. He doesn't owe anyone. Doesn't and I think the attitude that we should have with people if they 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 we have to appreciate their presence. They're coming up on, you know, on their own will in their own time. And you know, when I saw his kids in the car with him, I feel like I I, I wish we just asked him to just you know just have the kid in his lap and just talk to him. <laughs> you know, I know the feeling when I'm in the car and someone calls me. Or I have to answer a call. It's the children in the back. You know, the, his children were so um, um, uh, so patient. So I, I really want to thank him. He's not listening right now, but if the message gets across, he will probably hear it later on. But Mufti Dohab, thank you so much. I got is there anything? Is there something new that's happening on the Miftah end that I don't know about? What's going on tomorrow? What's the class? You can tomorrow, tell. Tomorrow, I was I shared the link already with everyone on the chat. Inshallah, tomorrow's class is. Um, with um, Imam Yusuf Wahab from Toronto, he will be doing a class on the life and the works of Imam Abu Hamad Al Ghazali, um, a person that whose name we've often heard, and uh, we we a lot of us don't know much about his life. So that's a class tomorrow. People are really in, uh, they're, they're 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 excited about it, um, and, and and the goal is to allow each uh, instructor or speaker to teach a class on which they feel most comfortable. With. Mm -hmm. so of course, we help the teachers or the instructors select the topic. But these topics are sorted by the instructor. They feel like this topic will benefit the general and large community. Um, so he chose the topic of Imam Ghazali. Uh, and next week on Saturday, we have another personality that's often um, misunderstood or perhaps championed by too many other people. So Muslims don't champion him, uh, champion him enough. And it's um, the class on Rumi, the poetry and the life of um, Jalaluddin al-Rumi. Um, wow. you know, so, so and he'll be taught by uh, an Afghani shay sheikh, who's from Afghanistan, speaks Persian, speaks uh, speaks Pashto, and he studies his life, and he speaks about his poetry all across Canada. And inshallah, he will be joining us next Saturday. But this Saturday is Imam Ghazali. Next Saturday is Jalaluddin al-Rumi and his poetry. We have Mufid al-Rahman who does Allah al-Iqbal. And everyone enjoys that. So this is just a different uh, viewpoint of that same type of idea and uh, same uh, uh, same subject matter. Uh, but we also have classes that are coming about different sahabas, so this is not to um, undermine any sahaba or companion or tabi'i. Everyone is great, and we're, we're covering different personalities that people can benefit from in different spheres, right, Sheikh Arbijan? Uh, and uh, hopefully people enjoy the lecture that is tomorrow. It's a two-hour lecture from 5 to 7 p.m. Once again, it's free. Um, you can access it, and you can benefit from it. And we have something special coming up within the next week or two, um, which, inshallah, we want everyone to you know stay aware about. Uh, just let you know, man, I'm looking uh, I'm working for you, man. I just did a video shoot today. Started my new episode series coming out. We're not oh. gonna let the audience know what it is, but oh, I, yeah. I shot the the first um, video today, and I'll be shooting the rest in the next week or so. So I'm just trying to, you know, work for you, Mufti Bulhab, making sure that I. We're working for that. We're working for Allah. Inshallah. Everyone, thank you so much. Inshallah. Thank you so much. Allah ibarik fi salam alaykum. Salam alaykum.